0: Alright ladies and gents, you know what time it is, this is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. We're going to get your Monday, we're going to get your week started off right, coming in on your Monday night. Uh, Let's get right into it. We got the war on the street, we got quite a bit to talk about as we usually do, Uh, but I wanted to start some things off on an international scale and I wanted to talk a little bit about this Brexit situation they got going on in the UK. Now currently Theresa May, they're prime minister is delaying the parliamentary vote for a brexit deal with europe now for those of you who do not know or who might not uh, be up to speed uh, brexit uh, basically came about in a 2016, about uh, July of 2016, when 519 Brits, uh, that, is also inclu- uh, that is in the UK, we're talking about the entire conglomerate meeting, uh, England, Wales, and Scotland, and Northern Ireland, uh, 51.9% of uh, Brits, uh, well, let's just say people in the UK, uh, voted on a referendum to withdraw from the EU or the European Union. Uh, pushes to leave the European Union can be uh, can be traced all the way back to the seventies and eighties. Uh, just a little bit more of a uh, some background information. Britain, or excuse me, the UK rather, would join uh, the EU in nineteen seventy five. Now, Article fifty of the EU, excuse me, stated that the UK could leave uh, the EU on its own on March 29th of next year. Theresa May, uh, like I said, the current Prime Minister, wanted to establish an establish permanent membership in the EU. Uh but obviously uh that you know has not been what the majority of people have wanted uh since the referendum well before i get into the uh, little bit of the uh economic impacts of it so far i wanted to say one thing that i did find that was interesting was when i decided to look up the results of the voting uh it was i was able to come across some statistics now overall the vote uh was pretty close now mind you uh 51.9 percent of uh the people in the uk voted for brexit uh, however, uh, the percentage—actually, per, um, 48 percent—48 percent uh, of people, excuse me, voted no against leaving the EU. So the vote, by percentage, was semi-close between percentage points, or three percent. That's a little bit of space, but the overall votes uh, were very close as well. Like the sheer number of votes were pretty close as well, and uh, also the way was the way that voting was distributed was also uh, strange as well. Now, for this to be uh, a break, Now, for it to be called Brexit, the majority of the people who voted yes for it uh, actually came from, excuse me, scotland now that makes perfect sense because if you guys uh if you uh, guys remember my one of my earlier episodes i believe around uh, earlier this earlier last month i talked about how uh, scotland wanted to eventually leave from the united kingdom wanted to secede from that whole conglomerate so it actually makes perfect sense Uh, the majority of people who voted no eventually came from england and northern ireland so that's a very interesting uh, fact. When I, when I found that out, uh, that was very interesting to me. So there's, you know, different party lines uh, that go through all the different countries. So even though they're supposedly trying to dissolve, well, at least to dissolve their bond from the EU, the European Union, and that being the UK as a whole, the UK as a whole, in turn has its own separate movement again like i said with well, scotland before uh they're pushing for their own independence but uh just some results uh just some results that have resulted from this brexit uh, since the referendum the uk's gdp gdp uh or gross domestic product has dropped 2.5 percent uh the, also the the household income has dropped 400 440 uh 440 pounds and uh, or that's the equivalent of five hundred and fifty two u s american dollars uh they're losing 500 dollars of that income uh, of their income a year now seven hundred on an international scale for these guys seven hundred and fifty nine international agreements in one hundred and sixty eight countries are now null and void because Again, they stepped away from those, uh, from that protection of the EU or that, uh, yeah, that for that protection. Um, also, uh, Northern Ireland and England, like I said, voted to stay in the EU. Uh, the majority of people in Scotland voted for Brexit. Uh, and like I said, forty-eight percent. Voted or actually opposed Brexit, so this was a very close vote. Uh, this went down on party lines. Of course, now it seems to be falling all apart. Uh, because nobody seems to agree on the deal, including uh conservative part uh members of the Conservative Party. Uh, and this is the party that Theresa May does represent. A hundred uh hundred people in that party have already decided uh that they would they would vote against this new deal. So this is a very interesting topic going on right now. It's causing a lot of friction right now and i was able to watch a little bit of the excerpts of their meetings and one thing i will say about british politics is that they really do call each other out both all parties are you know involved in the conversation whether it be and they have multiple parties out there it's not just a two-party system out there uh they have a labor party they have a conservative party of course they have uh democrats and again they're all involved uh they actually have representation from all the little like i said all the countries that are involved uh whether it be northern ireland uh wales and scotland they all have representation of course in britain and they all are talking together they all are stating their peace and uh they're not afraid to let their they were not afraid to let Teresa May have it. Uh, that's one thing that I. Due respect, they're willing to go at each other, and at least you know let each other know how they feel. Uh, well, markets in the U.S. and the U.K. and I mean by that stock markets in the U.K. and Europe have also uh U.K. the U.S. and Europe excuse me have been affected. The Dow Jones has dropped five hundred points today. Uh, the biggest stumbling block in terms of getting a deal together would be the border with Ireland and Northern uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland. Um. As you guys may or may not know, there's been a lot of beef uh within that region uh, between the two places, of course, that's why Northern Ireland is you know called what it is uh their capital is Belfast, of course, and they associate with the u k um the when you see the country of Ireland, when you hear about the country uh you know the actual country Ireland is its own separate entity, and I do not believe it belongs to the u k itself uh so there was some There's been some uh, drawback between members of the UK and also members of the EU about the border uh, dispute between the two countries. So that's one of the biggest drawbacks. And of course, immigration and trade are two of the bigger issues. Of course, um, you know, the nationalist views that are coming up. Of course, wants to push, you know, less immigration, of course, controlling immigration, controlling who can come in and out, so on and so forth. So definitely something to look at in the future. There doesn't seem to be any sight. Theresa May is trying to buy more time, uh, but if this does not fall through, she's definitely uh, going to be voted out of there soon. I'm not too sure uh, when all their elections start, but They're looking to get rid of her as soon as this all falls apart. (laughs) But uh, moving on, uh, we have some domestic news. Uh, and Planned Parenthood decide. uh, Well, Planned Parenthood is going to stay for now. The Supreme Court has decided not to proceed with a case brought forward by Kansas and Louisiana regarding the funding of Planned Parenthood. Uh, Clarence Thomas and two other other conservative judges uh, felt the case should have stood trial. However, uh, like I said, they were able to get the judges. in the majority were against this, Kavanaugh being one of them, which is a little bit you know crazy because we all figured he would be the staunchest one against uh Planned Parenthood and all those, uh, you know Medicare uh. Medicaid situations. Now states that came, uh, states that cl- states claim, at least these two particular, Kansas and like I said, Louisiana, claimed that Medicaid and also uh, Planned Parenthood, well, mostly Medicaid, does not grant parents the rights to sue when health care providers are excluded. So that's a very important fact right there. I just wanted to put that out there. However, the other side is saying if we were uh, to start punishing um, Planned Parenthood in all those situations, there would not be uh, another solution for some of these low-income people to go to they there would no place There would be no place that they could afford uh, there would be higher fees and higher taxes so on and so forth So this is another um, very Controversial subject this 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 subject of Planned Parenthood and abortion and so on and so forth is not over uh, But um, for now we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back. I wanted to break down uh some some Issues we got in the entertainment business right now. Your man Kevin Hart, of course, uh, he's put out some. Well, he's um, he's been. The main focus of a lot of negative press lately uh, relating to some tweets he put out a few years ago. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the backlash and just all the players that are that call themselves, you know, wanting to be involved in this situation and just, you know, the implications of it and, you know, pretty much how I I feel about it. But uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back, y'all. Alright y'all so let's get back to it and like I said uh, Kevin Hart has been in some drama recently. Uh, now you know he was supposed to be the host of this year's Oscars uh, but he decided to turn it down uh, because there was resurfaced uh, some tweets he put out uh, between 2009 and 2011 and the Academy basically gave him uh, the opportunity to apologize for the comments being said and uh, continue to you know continue to to be the host, uh, but he decided he did not want to continue to feed the trolls and to keep, uh, you know, asking for forgiveness that for something that's already been done. Um, Nick Cannon uh, also, he got into the mix recently. Uh, he recently, you know, resurfaced some homophobic tweets from Sarah Silverman uh, and Amy Schumer in order to kind of say, hey, you know, of course, these white women are doing it too, and this is the whole thing and uh, there's a little bit of some race it looks like there's a little bit of some race question here and um you know i you know instead of you know of course instead of you know admitting he was wrong and you know like he said feeding the internet trolls and apologizing uh he decided that being Kevin Hart to walk away and it's very interesting uh because there is so many facets to this story um for one we can answer uh, let's answer i guess the big the rabbit in the room uh is he wrong for what he said well let's uh let's let's talk about a couple examples of what he uh he ended up saying uh now one example is him uh dealing with uh, one tweet Basically described him breaking over breaking a doll out dollhouse over his son his son's head, and calling and telling him to stop being gay. He also sent another tweet. This was directed to somebody on in the Twitter universe. He goes, "Yo, what the fuck is going on with at Wayne two one five and all this gay shit? Say it ain't so, man. Is he coming out the closet? All type of silly shit. Put on a shirt, fag. All type of fags and really disrespectful." So is he wrong for his, for his disrespect? Yes. Uh, I understand, you know, you know, I don't want to play, yeah, I don't want to play too much devil's advocate. Uh, It's a really touchy subject. I don't want to hear none of that shit, really. I don't want to hear nobody's shit about it. But, you know, I I understand the the awkwardness of having a gay son. I probably wouldn't, you know, I don't agree with the breaking something over his head uh, deal. Uh, I definitely would understand if he had a comment referring to the difficulties that might be or the awkwardness making a joke about that. But to say I'm going to break over some, you know, break something over his head to convince him that he's being gay or some type of physical violence that I won't that I don't fuck with. OK, uh, the excessive use of calling somebody fag. That's so, And this is coming from somebody who was as a preteen or in a, as an early teen you know, I used to be, the, I was the first guy to say, this situation is gay. Oh man, homework sucks tonight. That's gay. Why did you ask for, this? why did you open your mouth, dude? That's so gay. Wow, and this come from somebody who used to say that type of stuff. So that little trivial stuff, this is a little bit too far. I think he's a little bit disrespectful, distasteful. Uh, didn't need to be all said like that, uh with that being said, um I guess we have to address the other elephant in the room is uh these white women, the Sarah Silvermans and the Amy Schumers that uh Nick Cannon decided to resurface well it's it was done in the same vein that they did Kevin Hart. Uh, they, of course, they were both distasteful. Uh, both situations. I, I know in this, in the, uh, in the situation of Sarah Silverman, uh, she was referring to one, the participant in the, in the Bachelorette, the show of the Bachelorette. Uh, she called him a faggot, uh, and also uh, Amy Schumer, Schumer went on to describe. Fags or use the word fags. Were those situations wrong? Yes. Were they distasteful? Yes. Uh, however, there is this, I'm telling you, you know, that's why these, these lines of thinking and these left wing, white uh pundits there is really confusing because in all reality, that is disrespectful, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate too hard, but I, I think just, just to be honest with you. I just have I just have a, a sneaky suspicion that within that community they'll take it they'll take the disrespect from each other and another woman before they'll take it from a, a quote unquote straight black man or straight white man for uh, for that matter uh, so you know the fact that he's you know quote unquote and this being Kevin Hart quote unquote straight and so on and so forth that makes it a really big problem uh, of course uh, you know the LBT You know, TG community is, you know, really close with the feminine movement. So I feel as though they're going to give that a pass. Was it disrespectful? Yes. If I was gay, I'd be offended by both and broads would be both and broads said. And I'd be trying to be, you know, put them out there, too. And uh, I kind of find it funny was what I find funny is, you know, the first time around when these tweets were first resurfaced, I don't remember Kevin Hart saying sorry then. And I don't remember the media uh, going whipping up a frenzy about, you know, the the comments these two females said. So it's just the way that it is. it's a little bit unfortunate that, that Kevin got caught up. Uh, but, you know, he went on in another in another quote, you know, he, he just put himself in a hole. Like, he goes on to say, that, you know, and this is referring to another guy by the name of Damian Dante Wayans. I think he's one of the Wayans brothers, too. But he was talking about his profile pictures. And, again, this is another tweet. tweet. But he went on to say, Damian Dante Wayans profile pics look like a gay billboard for AIDS. And I think I remember this. I actually do remember that quote. And and that's just distasteful. T- just, t- just that's disrespectful but i kind of see why um your boy kevin does not necessarily want to really have another to really rehash this doesn't really feel the need he has to uh really you know address this anymore i'll tell you why because they made him put on a dress he's had to go that route you know I, and ain't no telling what he had to do to get his hollywood stardom i'm just saying you know, so he then put put on a dress. He obviously has issues, he has issues with that, and I, I, I and I see, you know, it's it's all funny now because you know, he could say all that then, but they made sure he put on the dress too and, and did something questionable, you know, too to in order to keep his fame alive. So, you know, that's just the way it goes and I wouldn't wanna keep rehashing that either after they made me put on the dress. You know, I'd be well didn't I do what you asked? I'd kind of be the same way, you know. I guess he figures. Look, I didn't already pay my due. <laughs> I didn't. I, w- I was made to be emasculated. So can I move on and and do something else with my life? Maybe I don't know, you know. But um, it's a very um, it's a very ugly situation. Uh, and I think it's stupid because I don't know why they're bringing it up again. It's so, to me, it was petty. This is something that's already, we already talked about this before. I'm pretty sure this was news then, and we talked about it then. It, it, it's just the, the the willingness to rehash bullshit that doesn't make any sense all because this man and in, in, and in a way you know i, I don't i don't want to take too much away from him because he has accomplished things of course i mean he's uh hosting the oscars that's a very you know that's a significant achievement he's won awards before he's sold out shows so he's accomplished things he's made his money i won't uh put him down uh but again he did a lot to put down others uh but does that you know th- and so he was wrong for what he said I think the the real issue is it it is is he's right. It did happen. We've already talked about it, and and there's there's this whole internet movement, uh, to to bring up certain social justice clock causes whenever they feel like it. It could be decades old. It could be something that's already been talked about. Let that shit go. He's already talked. He's already. He's, we've already known about this comment. We don't care. Obviously, people didn't care to go see his keep on watching his movies. People don't care when Amy Schumer said it, didn't they? We had to go see her crappy-ass movies. You know, so, uh, again, uh, it's, it's a tricky game. Uh, it's it's a lot of hypocrisy. And uh, Kevin Hart is right amongst it. So, I don't feel sorry for him. I don't really feel sorry for his situation. He shouldn't have said what he said. He wouldn't have to deal with it, first and foremost. Uh, he was wrong for putting all that negative, negative energy out there. It comes back to you. Uh, so i i don't feel for him and uh you know he decided to walk away then walk away uh so i don't really care about like again this is an old situation it's already been talked about i'm over it i don't know why people want to keep bringing up stuff and again it is about being petty i feel like it's it's purposely done to be petty we've already talked about the situation i think people were just mad because he's in a situation where he's looking to better himself and you know a lot of people don't like that and that's just unfortunate uh, but anyways, we're going to take another quick break and we're going to get into some NFL. Actually, yeah, we're going to get into some NFL action. Uh, we got a couple of new stories to talk about. Somebody got fired today and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to going to go over the scores, excuse me, over the weekend. And also we're going to talk about that Monday night uh matchup as well. And then we're going to uh, go into some NBA news as well. And we're going to get into some tonight's action on top of that. And uh yeah, so we'll be right back, y'all. All right. Alright y'all, let's get through this NFL news to the start of your work week and it looks like Pierre Garcon of the 49ers will be placed on IR for arthroscopic knee surgery. Originally, he was uh, injured in week 6 and hasn't played since week 9 and that was the win over the Raiders despite practicing uh, during that time. Uh, This year, he has 24 catches, 286 yards. He also caught a touchdown. He signed a 5-year $475 Four hundred and seventy-five million dollar deal in March, and he had, at at this point is he's uh at this point he's thirty-two years old, and the organization and and Kyle Shanahan hasn't really made a decision on what they want to do with him yet. I don't think he's washed up. I don't think he's done. I think he can help out a little bit, especially with a young quarterback. He can catch the ball. He's just been injured. Uh, Kyle uh, Shanahan said that himself. Uh, he basically uh, went on to say it's really hard, you know. When you're uh, injured like that, to perform at the top of your game, so uh, I definitely think, uh, he'll have a reduced role. I think next year, uh, he does he does command a salary, but I I think I don't think they cut ties with him just yet. I, I do think they have receivers around him around uh Jimmy Garoppolo that can help out, and he's one of those guys that can do that. Very solid veteran, and I just think given uh given some healthy uh some time to heal up, and definitely hopefully the surgery can help him out. Uh, you know. He should be that help. But again, he's 32 years old. Uh, and again, that contract is big in terms of numbers and in terms of time. Uh, so, You know, they may make a move this offseason, maybe to probably uh, trade him. Uh, Also, we have some more news this time across the bay out in Oakland. uh, Reggie McKenzie has been fired by the uh, the Raiders today. Of course, he served as our GM uh, from 2012. Uh, He did sign an extension in 2020. uh, He did sign an extension, excuse me, until 2021, and that was in 2016. He was also named Executive of the Year uh, in that season. And that was also the season because that was the season that we went to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh, Derek Carr seemed to have come of age. Uh, Khalil Mack, of course, was a a standout. Uh, We definitely had, it was Michael Crabtree days. Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper days. Missed those days. Uh, But, however, on some... Out of the to take off the rose, the rose glasses, the rose City glasses. Nine of his draft picks from two uh, from twenty twelve to twenty seventeen are even still on the roster. Uh, but he did draft Derek Carr and Khalil Mack and a very solid offensive lineman by the name of uh, I I know his last name was Gabriel. That's all I can say. He came from Mississippi State. Um, uh, no, actually his name was Gabe. Ah, oh, I can't remember. Gabe Jackson. There we go. Solid offensive guard. Uh, but anyways, he did, and also he did have a record of 39 and 70 with the Raiders so it looks like uh the Raiders are looking to you know just go in a different direction they're looking to really uh you know build that team into something different for Vegas now there's a lot that's been said about John Gruden's voice on this uh about what he had to do with this uh but as far as I've been seeing uh he really didn't have anything to do with it. he wasn't even, he wasn't even a part of the discussion uh in which that was made to let him go uh, I guess that happened on there well you know um, within the facilities and not on the field but of course that's what John Gruden is claiming so I don't I don't know exactly what to believe but uh, he's saying he did nothing to do with it I it kind of makes sense I'm, I've never been I've never heard of a head of a head coach uh, deciding when a GM is let go that's just me uh but moving on we're going to get to these scores uh we're going to start start off with the scores uh from this weekend and uh let's get right to it Uh, we got the panthers losing uh losing to the browns on the road 20 to 16 we'll talk a little bit about that in just a second cam did not really do that well we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh the ravens uh Came up a little bit short uh, to the Chiefs, twenty four to twenty seven. Uh, we got the Colts coming back and getting it done against the Colts. I'm sorry, the te- uh, the Texans, excuse me, twenty four to twenty one. Uh, the the Dolphins were also w- were able to win in comeback fashion, uh, beating the Dolph- uh beating Patriots, excuse me, thirty four to thirty three. Uh, the the Giants got a big win against the Redskins, 48 to sixteen. But I would not. I would not read into it too hard uh for the simple fact that the Redskins are decimated uh so there's really in my opinion I mean you can you can brag about it all you want to but you know Giants. I'm not impressed. You guys don't look to be that impressive to me. Uh, but moving on, we have the Saints beating the Buccaneers 28-14. to They're looking to wrap up that uh, uh, the NFC South pretty soon. I think they've already done it. Uh, of course, Carolina, no no real competition. Same thing with Atlanta. So, easy, easy work. Uh, but the Packers, uh, they were also able to get a win. They were able to beat the Falcons uh, 34-20. Uh, the Broncos, they dropped one to the 49ers on the road 14 to 20 the Cardinals were able to able to get it done against uh, I'm sorry the Reliance were able to get it done against the Cardinals 17 to 3 Uh the Jets got it done against the Bills 27 to 3 the Cowboys how about them boys got it done again they are moving to eight and five they got the win against the Eagles 29 to 23 in overtime now here is the upset right here i told y'all i told y'all be aware i told everybody be aware this was a trap game for the uh for the rams and sure enough i was right let's break this one down uh just a little bit uh and uh the final score in this one was 15 to 6 uh the bears move on if i'm not mistaken to nine and four uh the rams of course are at 11 and two Uh, But as far as the stats go, let's talk about the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff, of course, well, let's start off with him. Uh, 20 of 40, 180 yards, no touchdowns, but he threw four picks. Terrible game from him. That New York, I mean, sorry, not the New York defense, but that Chicago defense looked like all-stars from beginning to end. It was ugly. Uh, But in terms of rushing, Todd Gurley, again, also no, no such sex. Twenty-eight yards on the ground. Nothing and in terms of receiving. Robert Woods got seven catches for sixty-one yards. So, you know. The Bears weren't giving up no freebies, no freebies at all. And on defense, they were helped out by uh, safety Lamarcus Jr., who had seven total tackles. And two and Dominic Su, excuse me, also helped out on the defensive line with six total tackles. And uh, safety John Johnson had five total tackles and an interception. As far as the Bears, uh, Mitch Trubisky did not do that well himself. Uh, he had he went 16 to 30. Uh, he had 110 yards in the air. He also threw one touchdown. He had three interceptions, but he did get a touchdown, and it uh, was the game winner. It's enough to put the game away. Uh, In terms of rushing, uh, Jordan Howard, he was able to do a—he had a solid game. He did not score, but he did have 101 yards. Uh, In terms of receiving, Allen Robertson had 42 yards, and like I said, um, Trubisky did get a touchdown pass. This one was— This was not your regular touchdown pass. He threw it to his offensive tackle, Bradley, so well. And on defense, they were helped out by defensive back or cornerback. Don't worry, they're the same thing. They're just interchangeable. This is Sharik Manis. He had seven total tackles. And also Prince Akumara. Of course, they forced uh, a lot of different turnovers. But Akumara, he did have six total tackles. And he also had an interception himself. Really good game defensively uh, from the Bears, of course, Mitch Trubisky. Imagine, just imagine, though, that Mitch Trubisky... Has some skills. That game could have been a blowout with that defense, but they were able to get the uh, the job done. And uh, with uh, tonight's game, it looks like they're they're looking to take looking to take that NFC uh, the NFC. I'm sorry, the NFC North. Uh, but moving on, we got the Bengals uh, coming up short against the Chargers, twenty one to twenty six. And my Raiders, we got it done. Uh, we got it done against the Steelers, twenty four to twenty one. Ben Roethlisberger is officially winless in Oakland. That that's crazy. That is crazy. But let's let's talk about this one. Uh of course uh, Big Men aka Captain Fat fuck. If you always wanted if you ever want to know where I got that from, check out the Urinating Tree on YouTube. He be going in on all types of football stuff, so I would check him out. Urinating Tree, hella funny. But of course he calls uh, Ben Roethlisberger Captain Fat fuck because he's fat as hell and he's not that great of a quarterback. He's just over Overhyped just like he's overbloated. But anyways, he went uh 25 of 29, 282 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns on the ground. Jalen Samuels had twenty eight yards. Steven Ridley also ran for a touchdown. And in terms of receiving, Juju Smith Schuster led the way. He had 130 yards and two touchdowns. I believe that was on eight catches. And on defense, they were helped out by Mike Hilton, who had eight total tackles. He also got a sack. As far as the Raiders, uh Derek Carr, he had a solid game. Uh 25 of 34. 322 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns. Doug Martin also helped out with 32 yards and a touchdown from himself. And uh, in terms of receiving, uh, they got help from their tight ends. Jared Cook had seven catches, 117 yards. Derrick Carrier also had a touchdown. And Lee Smith, their, uh, their third-string tight end, also had a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were helped helped out by cornerback uh, Rashawn Melvin. He had seven total tack- tackles. And one of my favorite uh, linebackers at the moment, to hear Whitehead, he had uh, 10 total tackles and also an interception. Now, finally, before we uh, break off, I do got three uh, takeaways from week three that I was going to go up from this week. Excuse me, this is not week three. Uh, We got three takeaways that I wanted to get into, but let's go over. Oh, oh, and before we leave that game, of course, the Raiders, uh, they are at three and ten. This is their second, this is their third one of the season. By hook or by crook, they got it, though. Uh, but in terms of the Steelers, they moved down to 7-5-1. and one, uh, And that playoff spot is in question. Uh, moving on to, to tonight's action, of course, the Seahawks uh, took on the Vikings, and they were able to get that W. 21-7 to 7 is the final score here. Uh, let's get through these stats. Kirk Cousins went 20-33. of 33. He had 208 yards, also a touchdown. Dalvin Cook had 55 yards on the ground, also a, a receiving touchdown. Stephon Days was able to get 76 yards of, of catches, so not too bad from him. And on defense, they were helped out by one of their all-stars, Anthony Ball, Uh, bar, excuse me, he had seven total tackles and a sack as far as, the, uh, as far as the Seahawks are concerned Russell Wilson did not have the, the greatest game he went 10 to 20 for 72 yards uh, he did throw an interception uh, on the ground Chris Carson led the way he had 90 yards and a touchdown and on defense they were helped out tremendously by Trey Flowers who had eight tackles and on uh linebacker the rookie linebacker Shaquille Griffin had uh t- sorry seven total tackles um the Seahawks find a way to, to stay alive in a playoff hunt. Not too much can be said about their offense, but, you know, not every game is easy. Uh, they move on to eight and five. The Vikings, again, they're also in their playoff, uh, their playoffs hopes, playoff hopes, excuse me, are in jeopardy. They move down to six, six, and also they got that one tie with Green Bay, uh, but Moving on, like I said, I got three takeaways from this week, week 14, or last week, and the Patriots, they confused me. Uh, of course, they are 9-4. and four. Uh, They are still on top of the AFC East. They can take it any week now, uh, but last week, they lost 34-33 to 33 at Miami with a last-second play, but again... Ryan Tannehill had had a had a really good game, which I was not expecting. They let Ryan Tannehill throw three passing touchdowns on him. I I didn't like that. I didn't like their defense. It's questionable, and um, they're also a questionable team. Can play off the time. There's a there's a lot of holes in these playoff teams. Um, despite you know what the media is saying, despite what I hear from Stephen A. or Colin Cowherd, you know even Jason Whitlock, a lot of these teams have that flaws that could be exposed and i don't feel comfortable with just saying one or the other but uh moving on uh hold your head high lamar and i'm talking about lamar jackson uh, last week he had a solid game at arrowhead uh, it was a loss uh by three though but uh in terms of his numbers he had 147 yards on the uh, 47 yards in the air, he also threw for two touchdowns in a loud environment like that, his first true road game against a potential play. Well, we know just how good Kansas City is. I don't have a problem with what he's been doing. Um, I think he wants to pass the ball more, and they work to get him to pass the ball more. They just came up a little bit short uh, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, but Sunday. Still thought he had a great game. Uh, but again, he had a uh, he had a hundred QBR, so that was that's a high QBR for you know it being his third or fourth game, but definitely solid numbers. Of course, he can get better in terms of his uh completion percentage. Uh, but his QBR has gotten better each game and so far through four games he has 687 yards passing four touchdowns and three uh three interceptions and i haven't gotten into the rushing yards yet so let's calm down let's not give him such a hard time everybody's giving him a hard time the regular guys and even the black sports pundits Get this guy a break he's made a bigger impact on his team this season as a rookie than sam donald Josh rosen and he definitely has better uh better numbers than josh allen too so let's not let's not kid ourselves here he's we're he he i mean of course i i think we're looking and, and i think we he, he runs the ball he's very effective at that and and scouts and and pundits and sports writers they just get they just get michael vick they talk about michael vick that's all that comes to their head randall cunningham then they talk about all the flaws in this game josh rosen has flaws too Josh Kelly has flaws too. Sam Donald definitely has his flaws. Get off this guy's back. He plays better than them, in my opinion. We can put money on it. Believe that. Believe that. And finally, the Panthers. Nah, they're pussy cats. Pussy cats. Like I said, they took a loss last week, twenty-six to twenty on the road to the goddamn Browns. I don't want to hear nothing a Carolina fan has to say. Cam, 265 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And Carolina has lost five in a row. Raise up what? Raise up from the dead, guys. Where have you been? Eric Reed? are you awake? Are you woke? In terms of football, that is. Do you know what's going on? Yeah, but i tell you one thing that him and Malcolm James Duke got in common. They both suck. I said it. I said it. But uh, you know what, y'all? Let's take another quick break, and uh, we come back, we're going to wrap it all up. We got some NBA action to go over. Uh, we got some trade rumors to talk about. Uh, we also got, a, got some drama brewing down there in the Windy City out there in Chicago, and the Bulls, we're going to talk a little bit about them, and then we're going to uh, wrap it all up with tonight's scores. All right, y'all, we will be right back. All right, y'all, so I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. And like I said, I got some NBA news here, uh, mostly some uh, trade rumors right now. Uh, but let's get it started. Uh, the Suns are making, looking to make a deal uh, with Trevor Ariza at some point. Uh, one of those main suitors for his services uh, have been the Lakers. Uh, they still have a ways to go. It looks like the Lakers have pitched a deal involving uh i uh, cantavius caldwell pope uh but it looks like the Suns aren't really interested in that uh, they are looking for a a playmaking um a young it's on the young side but they're looking for a young playmaking guard uh but the thing about it is they don't necessarily want any project somebody they have to you know do a lot of work with well, they're looking to Looking for somebody looks like they can plug and play. Uh, I I think Contav- Contavious Caldwell Pope kind of fits that. Uh, you know he had he does have a lot of experience. Uh, he does have starting experience, but I guess it just not of fit for uh, what Phoenix wants to do. Uh, but. LeBron, uh, speaking of Laker interest, um, LeBron has expressed some interest in Melo as well, but notice I say LeBron and not the Lakers as an organization or Magic Johnson. I think LeBron has let that go. Um, I know they need some some death, spe- uh, specifically along the wing, and I think Ariza would help out there, but not Melo. Um, Melo may be the guy they might try to get uh, if the Ariza deal doesn't go through. That's what I'm thinking right now. Uh, but we also have some more rumors here. It looks like the Cavs are looking to deal J.R. Smith, and he's also drawing some interest from the Rockets and the Pelicans. I don't really have too many. Details on what they're offering at the moment, though. Uh, but as far as Jr. Uh, is concerned, he's averaging 8.2 points. Uh, that he's been doing that since 2016, I believe, and this is on 7.8 temps a game. Uh, he's shooting at a 37.9% field goal percentage, which is not really great. Uh, he's slightly uh, well for the for what it is. He's a little bit he's a little bit decent from three, 36.2%. Uh, but he's Definitely, um, definitely a candidate for teams that are looking for you know bench help. Along the wing, so he's not that great of a shooter or defender like he used to be. But uh, he'll draw some interest. Like I said, he already has two teams interested in him. Uh, the the question is now is who wants to take the bite? And finally, like I said, we did have some drama. Uh, we it's just coming from uh, the the second city, A.K.A. the Windy City, A.K.A. Chirac uh, The the Bulls are really mad at their uh, their coach staff right now. Their uh, their head coach Jim Boylan, to be exact, uh, coach. Coaches and players agreed to a team meeting on Sunday. Uh, There were two meetings, actually. The first one was players only, and the second one included the coaches and the players. Saturday's loss to Boston, uh, which was by a score of 133-77, to is the worst loss in franchise history. It was so bad that Jim, like I said, uh, the head coach, Mr. Boylan, he had to sit all the starters for the last 20 minutes. Uh, now, pushback does exist amongst the players regarding his coaching style. Uh, this is his quote early from earlier today uh, when asked if, players decided to sit out today or, or uh, actually Sunday. Uh, this was his response here. The truth is we had a couple of guys that thought a Sunday practice was excessive after the week we had. And trust me that if I bring them in here to practice, I'm going to manage their legs and manage what they what we're going to do. With that being said, I played sports. I played the Marriott of the, of the big three here, which would be, you know, uh, football baseball and basketball for organized teams and i'll be honest with you unless it's a walkthrough really there's no such thing as a light practice especially for a sport like basketball or football I don't I don't really buy that uh, but Yahoo and ESPN are reporting that the Bulls are expressing uh, the put the players themselves are expressing their concerns to the uh, NBA Players Association the Bulls finally played with a full roster tonight and this is the first time they've done that this season uh, they had uh, Bobby Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn return for them so it looks like um, there is some 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 bit of truth to what they're saying in terms of being overworked uh, like again they have not played with a full roster this whole year uh but also i wanted to state this quote here before i get into what uh, at least some of what the report said this is a report by a longtime nba player and current uh member of that bulls team robin lopez their center uh this is what he went on to say one thing i do wish is uh fred uh being their last coach who was recently uh fired fred hoiberg Um uh, Fred was well. Fred had been given that opportunity, but we have Jim as our coach now. We're gonna have to go out the way he wants us to play, and do things the way he wants them done. It does not look like he's fully invested in this man, Mr. Boylan here. He seems to have a lot of feelings for, uh, your boy Fred Hoiberg. There seems to be some rift between the players and the. Not necessarily the coaching staff, uh, because they have nothing to do with it. You know, they don't make those decisions. But the GM and the front office, they do not seem to be liking uh, taking to this new guy and his new approach. It seems to be very work, work centric, work, 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 uh, like a Tom Thibodeau type of guy. And it looks to be like they're not feeling it. And um, this is uh, the the report, Elisa. A little bit of that report uh, that Yahoo uh, shared uh, shared just recently. Uh, I'm gonna read that a little bit to you. After taking the helm from Fire co- uh, Coach Fred Hoiberg on Monday, uh, we're going back to December the third. Uh, Boylan had t- uh, two and a half hour, uh, sorry, three two and a half hour practices in his first week. That included extra wind sprints and players doing military style pushups. Uh, calling another lengthy practice after a back-to-back led to a near mutiny and caused players to reach out to the union. This is no good. I, this is not good press. This is not looking good. I, I, it's almost looking like the Chicago Bulls sold their soul when Michael to get Michael Jordan to have the success that they've had with him because this, wow. This is outrageous. Uh, but, again, this guy is a former assistant under Greg Popovich in San, uh, San Antonio. So, don't look for him to really feel sorry for these guys. Um, if they're able to make it work, they'll be tougher for it. If not, he'll be gone by the end of the season. That's how I look at it. But as far as what they um, what they did recently, they were on the floor. Uh, they did take take the court. Uh, they they suffered another loss, uh, this time to Sacramento, one o eight to eighty nine. They now move down to six and twenty two, and it's it's looking like there's no end in sight for this team. I really feel bad for these guys, but um, as far as what they were able to do, Zach Levine he had nineteen points, two assists, two rebounds. Lloyd Markkinen had thirteen points and six rebounds, and uh, they did get some help from Bobby Portis and Chris Dunn. They had both combined for eighteen points, and Bobby Portis also helped out with eleven rebounds. So. They're trying. I uh, just don't think they have the athletes right now. but uh, moving on, let's get through these scores. Uh, from tonight we got the Pisters uh, sorry, the Pistons losing to the 76ers uh, 102 to 116. Uh, we got the Pacers getting it done against the wizards 101 to 109. Uh, let's go ahead and break this one down. Uh, for the Wizards, Bradley Bill, uh, he led all the scores. Matter of fact, he led scores on both teams with 30 points, three assists. He also had three rebounds. Kelly Oubre Jr. also helped out off the bench with 23 points and five assists. As far as the Pacers, Miles Turner led the way. He had 26 points and also had 12 rebounds. Bojan Bogdanovic had 22 points and also seven rebounds. And Tyreek Hill, he looks to be um, playing really well as of late. 18 points and six rebounds. Looks like somebody... uh, read a scouting report, and finally put him at shooting guard. It looks to be suiting well on him. So, a good, good win from them. I definitely like the way the Pacers played. Good team game. Uh, they move up to 17-10 seven, on the season. Uh, Wizards are now at uh, 11-16. Moving, moving on, uh, the Celtics get it done against the Pelicans, 113 to one uh, 100. Uh, the Jazz also got it done. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The Jazz lose to the Thunder, uh, 113 uh, to 122. Let's Break this one down as well. Uh, As far as the Jazz are concerned, uh, Donovan Mitchell led the way for them. He had 19 points. He also had four rebounds. Uh, Rudy Gobert also helped out with a double double. He had 13 points and uh, 14 rebounds. As far as for the Thunder, we got Paul George leading the way. He led both teams in terms of scoring with 31 points. He also had three assists and three rebounds. Dennis Schroder also helped out from the point guard spot. He had 23.6 assists and also four rebounds. And they also got help from their big man Stephen Adams, who had 22 points and seven rebounds. Uh, moving on, we got the Buck uh, the Bucks, excuse me, not the Buccaneers, uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks get it done against the Cavaliers, 108 to 92. And we want to talk about a team that's also struggling a really um a bad a sad story here so about those those uh Cleveland Cavaliers. What about those Magic, though, also in Orlando getting blown out by the Mavericks 101-76. There's some terrible teams. There are definitely some terrible teams. Uh, but moving on, uh, we have the Suns uh, coming up short against the Clippers. I believe one of the best teams, well, one of the top teams out there in the West. Uh, they lose in overtime 119-123. to uh, We got the Nuggets getting it done against the Grizzlies 105-99. to uh, We also have the Warriors uh, getting done against those young Timberwolves 116 to 108. And finally, rounding out everything for the NBA, we got the Lakers taking out uh, the Heat 108 to 105. This is the last LeBron James uh, Dwayne Wade matchup. Of course, Dwayne Wade will be retiring at the end of this season. Uh, but let's get into these uh, stats. Uh, to wrap everything up, as far as the Heat are concerned, uh, Justin Winslow led the way, 28.7 rebounds, 2 assists. Dwayne Wade had a double-double off the bench, 15 points, 10 assists. He also nabbed 5 rebounds. And Kelly Kelly Olenek, the big man, uh, also 15 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. That was also off the bench. And as far as the Lakers are concerned, Kyle Kuzma uh, was not only the leading scorer for them, but also a leading scorer of both teams, 33 points and 7 rebounds. Great game from him. And LeBron of course, he always does his thing. Uh he had a double double, 28 points, 12 assists and 9 rebounds. All right, y'all. So tonight, uh we just wrapped it up. Uh for to for my next episode, it's not I it might not be tomorrow, but uh for my next episode, I'm definitely going to go over the power rankings, my top 7 for the NFL, also my big questions for, three big questions for week 15 coming up. And of course, whatever new stories comes comes in my comes in my sight. Uh for the NBA we'll be covering the conference standings. Uh we are in a new week so we'll go over those and of course uh, the games that were that were previously on and then also for um college football it's again another new week so we're gonna go over the top twenty five and also the most recent games as we always do and do not forget about the world on the street you know how I like to do. Well uh Like I said, we're going to wrap this all up. If anybody has not told you yet, I love you. Y'all keep treating each other well. And you know what it is. One love. Peace out.